If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 620. It is November 8th, 2023. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. We're back in our San Francisco studio after hanging out with our friends at Kinda Funny last week. Hope everybody enjoyed that crossover episode because I had a blast hosting it. Snowbike Mike was very generous to say, no, you sit in the host chair, you do this. So it was fun trying to wrangle Gary Wooda and, uh, and Paris. <laughs> Mike was actually pretty, he, he, was, he was the easiest of all to yeah. it was just nice and it was very deferential and very respectful no we we had a great time we had such a great time with those guys stella chung good to see you you were with me last week over at kind of funny oh my god it was such a chaotic time but i loved it it was so fun it, it was definitely very different from it, it was so funny how gary pointed out he's like is this what a podcast is supposed to be like <laughs> a little cheap <laughs> shot at mike there like wait what no i know where he's like it's actually got structure and i was like you know <laughs> it's almost like ryan's a pro or no, something i had I to know. i had to remind myself like nope it's Gary's it's his British humor that's like it's very <laughs> he's, he's not actually it's all love with with Mike yeah. of course no it was, uh, it was great to hang with those guys and uh yeah two hour show last week I I did the thing I don't usually do I broke my own rule and I read some of the comments oh, to see like okay. are people enjoying this and yeah. the comments were super positive and then I at one point I just stopped because I was like there's going to be a bad one in here, so I'm just going to stop yeah. now before I get to it, and it ruins my day. Yeah, and then it just doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. There it never go. happened. <laughs> Say whatever you want. It doesn't yeah. matter. It never happened as far as I'm concerned. No, that was good times. Uh, so we are back here in our San Francisco IGN studio for one more week, uh, this week and next week. So uh, this office will be closing down. Which really, for the purposes of Unlocked, the only thing it really means is we're going to be shooting Unlocked from home. So it'll be kind of the circa 2021 style Unlocked where it'll be, you know, it'll look like we're on CNN with just the four, the four faces up, uh, up in the different windows there. So a little bit of a bummer to, to say goodbye to this place after, gosh, what, two, two and a half years or so yeah. of doing podcasts out of here. But the show will continue to come, come at you 
every single week. I guess while I'm talking about it, before I introduce uh, our friends who are remote this week, I should mention as well, slight programming change for the show besides just the location of it. We're going to be, instead of publishing Unlocked at, the en at, at a random end of day whenever I can get my act together at the end of the day time on Wednesday, we're going to just try and standardize it and release it at the same time every Thursday morning. So it'll just be, you know, for, I think for a lot of people who probably don't even listen to it till Thursday anyway, it'll be effectively no change. But we just want to get all our ducks in a row and we're going to pick a time Thursday mornings, probably if I had to guess like 9 a.m. Pacific, just as a, I, I tend to default to that in my head for, for things. So uh, that'll be a minor change. In fact, I think that might even be starting right now with this one. So with those little notes aside, let me welcome in our friends who are not in San Francisco with us this week. Khalif Adams from Spawn on Me. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, crew. Excited to, to see you all very soon, I hope, and, and, and excited as well to, to know that, you know, you had that moment in the sun, your D-backs, for a hot <laughs> second. And sad that it is no longer here, but I, I'm rooting for you all for next year, as long as you don't beat my Mets, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we, well, my, my original childhood team is the Mets. I will always root for the Mets. Yeah. My, I'm from New Jersey originally. My first major league game I ever went to was at Shea Stadium. I still remember that moment, because Kai, you and I are old enough to remember the pre-HD TV era, era when yeah. it was, you know, 4x3, 480i scanline interleave uh tvs mm -hmm. and so actually I, I i have that vivid like classic childhood baseball memory of walking out of the tunnel when the first time i went to shea oh, stadium yeah. and seeing <laughs> the green grass of the major league field for the first because it's just on tv it wasn't it wasn't as clear and striking as it is that we're spoiled with hdtv now so yeah uh r.i.p shea stadium but uh, let's go Mets. Mm -hmm. I, will, I will never root against the Mets. But yes, my Diamondbacks, as you said, they did fly too close to the sun, as it turned <laughs> out, uh, despite playing in Phoenix, of all places, where you're always too close to the sun. But uh, <laughs> congratulations to the Texas Rangers and their fans. It's their first championship, so uh, I'm happy for them. The Diamondbacks got one back in, back in that legendary 2001 World Series where they beat Mariano Rivera in the bottom of the ninth. That one, what I love about that World Series, besides the fact that it's the only pro sports, major four pro sports championship that Arizona has, is that I still, the Yankee fans in my life, to this day, <laughs> hate that they, like, they have 27 effing world championships, and that's the one that still bothers them. They're like, we, ugh, like, it's, like, they, it, they're legitimately still upset by it. So, I do appreciate that the Diamondbacks basically ended that whole di that whole Yankee uh, dynasty that was that will that will always make me feel good. No doubt. Uh, anyway, Destin Legary's been sitting patiently, going, "Why are they? Please talk about video games. We're gonna do that, <laughs> Destin. Hi, buddy. How are you? Uh, bam! Hey, everybody. Let's talk about some games. I don't know anything about sports, so it's all Greek to me. I think that's the saying, right? Uh. Am I gonna see? Are we? Are the four of us gonna be together at the Game Awards? Going, right? uh, I will not be going. Not going. Yeah. I'm trying to save money before my move to LA. So I hear that. Yeah. Khalif, am I going to see you? I will be there. Yes. I, will, I, will, I will be there front and center, hooting and hollering in, in those spaces and waiting for people to golf clap at all the real cool stuff that happens on stage. <laughs> all right. Well, let's, let's get a drink before the show then. Let's make that Down. happen. I would, I would love to see it. Destin, am I going to see you? 
Yeah, it's a weird thing happened. I think my invite was lost in the mail, Ryan, or something. But anyway, I will be hosting the pre and post show for IGN, or at least one of the panelists on the pre and post show. So I'm very excited about that. Of course, check out IGN.com for our coverage of the Game Awards. Excited to see what they have this year. Yeah, we'll we'll have the live pre-show, live post-show, and Destin, I, will, will you and the panel on that post-show be talking about a Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer? Maybe. We'll talk about that yeah. in just a couple minutes. That is, uh, and I'm not joking, it's actually happening. So, uh, first, I wanted to celebrate an anniversary here that's relevant to all of us, and that is the three-year, the third birthday, basically, for the Xbox Series X and S. They turned three on Friday, which is the 10th. And I thought, you know, we don't have to spend the whole show on this by any means, because we I want to talk about Mass Effect, which I know Destin's dying to, to talk about, and then certainly Grand Theft Auto 6. But l let's take a minute and just kind of see, see where we're at here after three years. And Destin, in fact, I'm going to go to you first. So, okay. how, you know, how do you feel about the Series X, Series S generation so far? And how do you think it ranks against the first three years of other, the other three Xbox generations? This is going to be a little controversial. I think it's doing great. I think it's one of the best Xbox console generations to date. I think they've done a really good job leveraging their third-party partnerships. I think as we go towards the the future and the end of this console generation i think the xbox series x and s is going to be looked back at fondly if not as the best console generation for the xbox brand i know the 360 is the one that most people point to but it has been a long road to get where we are today the activision deal just closed so the content library for this console is only going to increase from where it is at currently even if that is a third party game that releases on other platforms it's all owned by microsoft microsoft is in a transitional period right now where the console is one facet of the business but really it's about the games at the end of the day and they're about to hit their stride in my opinion in terms of their content library well i can't argue with the optimism moving forward um but yeah, you're, so all right, so you're you're super. I'm happy. still very positive about where it is today. Yeah. I think it does backwards compatibility better than anybody else has ever done it. Look at how Fallout Three looks on the console. Metal Gear is still the 360 version of Metal Gear. Looks even better than ever on the Xbox Series X and S. Even more so than the previous or the new Metal Gear Solid collection. So for me, I am actually incredibly happy with the Xbox Series X and S. Granted, you know, Halo Infinite had a poor period in terms of multiplayer releases, but look at it, you know, with, I believe we're on season four, Khalif, is it season four? Season five, five. I think. Season four or five, yep. a camera with season on, but it's great. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Forza Motorsport just came out. The penalty system could be a little bit better, but I'm loving Forza Motorsport. I'm just, I'm just super happy with the, the console right now. And Love it's it. sitting right. currently. Good stuff. Let's go uh, to Khalif here. Ka, how are you feeling about this generation for Xbox so far? And then give me a kind of maybe rank it amongst the first three years of the other console, Xbox console generations. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think this 
this version of what we've getting have gotten from the Xbox team has been pretty pretty solid. Like I, I, there aren't a lot of highs and there aren't a bunch of lows. I think it's kind of leveled itself off in terms of its kind of beginnings to what we've seen, not only from the conversations from a technology standpoint of what we have, the kind of dreaming layers of where we are of like technology can be X and can be this. And then what we got from the the games that we've been playing of late, I feel like we're finally starting to see the promises of a lot of those conversations from the technology standpoint kind of start to meet some of those uh, hopes and dreams that we had kind of seen, um, which makes it pretty awesome. I think we're I think we're moving in in the positive direction. I think we're moving in spaces not only from the the games we're playing, from the 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 bits of the UI that look a lot better, from the visual standpoints that we're seeing and the audio audio standpoints that we're seeing. I think those parts are kind of coming through really really well. From my digging back into the nostalgia bucket. Uh, I just always loved the 360 era. I think, you know, the 360 era had so many brilliant games that have really laid the foundation for a lot of not only game systems that we see now, but for game experiences that I've had, like Ge- like Gears of War, uh, Gears of War 3 was in that mix somewhere. I think uh, Project Gotham Racing, you know, laid the foundation for what we see in the Forza series. There are so many different games within those spaces. Bioshock, which was a huge... Uh, uh, a tentpole game for a lot of the ways that we see kind of action, action kind of suspense games happen now or suspense horror games kind of happen now. Um, Yeah, there were just so many fantastic titles within that space. And then, you know, the Xbox One had its moment. Uh, I don't think that moment was great, (laughs) but it was a moment in the space that I felt like was the kind of bridge between what we wanted to see from a game's perspective where we are now seeing with the Xbox Series X and S from a technology and kind of hub of the home perspective that was trying to get ushered through the Xbox One. Um, and yeah, I think looking at that whole lineage, we, we've gotten to see a really big swing from you know the beginnings of what we wanted the future of games to look like. And now we're seeing a lot of that stuff come to fruition, which is fantastic. All right, yeah. I, 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 the thing that jumped out at me of what, what you just said, which I think you made a lot of good points is kind of not, no low lows, but maybe no super, super duper highs either. Just very, right. I think very solid's a, a pretty a pretty great way to put it. Stella, your thoughts on the first three years here of the series X and S generation, and, and maybe, you know, I know we know you're a bit newer to the Xbox ecosystem, but um, if you have any either memories of, of previous Xbox eras or just kind of want to keep it focused on the present, go for it. Yeah, I mean, so... I think they're doing I think they're doing fine. I think it feels like like what Cause said, it feels like Xbox is finally finding their stride with what they want to do with the Series X and S. Um, obviously with this year being so huge for games that came out on the console specifically. Um, and we see Game Pass getting better all the time, getting more titles and cycling through new titles, which is really great. Um, for me personally, I loved Grounded and you know, that that has been like a consistent go-to for me. And also yeah. with um, um, Minecraft as well, which has been great to play on both the console and PC. Um, yeah, I, I think it's the best like technological advancement that we've made with Xbox, which is great. Um, I would love to see more games kind of push that a little bit more, but I think we'll get there. Like obviously we we saw 
a delay with the pandemic and everything, which I can't believe it's been three years, by the way. When I saw three years, I was like, oh my God, no, that makes sense. But that's crazy to me. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think we had a bit of a setback with that. But I mean, all these games are releasing now, so it seems like we're back to a normal schedule. So I think things are going to be picking up. Um, as far as previous consoles, I do remember playing on my friends' 360s whenever I would come over and we'd play zombies in the basement and try to like, you know, level up as uh, go as far as we can until we get too tired and then we just give up, right? <laughs> um, my first console was the Xbox One. And I honestly, I feel like I'm going to be in the minority here, but I actually miss the Kinect a lot. It had some cool stuff. It had some it really cool stuff. just shouldn't have been bundled with it. No. One. That kind of, you know, that, that sort of proved to be an anchor yeah. that dragged the whole thing down. But I mean, you know, Dance Central was always great. I, oh my, I know. Mm. I, like, it's still great. So I, yeah, I, I'm personally mourning the loss of Just Dance on uh, Xbox One because you could, the Kinect was actually what they used in the Just Dance esports because it had the most accurate pathing and scoring which i know this is like super nerdy specifically to the just dance thing oh, heck, go i loved it, it. Don't apologize yeah and there was some other like a uh, workout game on the connect surprise there that i played few. that yeah i forget what it was but it was very fun i enjoyed it a lot and it was like you know like um uh, what is it the nintendo uh ring fit it could have been as big as that but i don't think they advertised it right um i honestly feel like if the connect came out now a lot more people would be more receptive so it's one of those things of like at the wrong time I mean, but th that kind of sums up the entire like everything every choice <laughs> microsoft made about the xbox one was that it wasn't necessarily a bad choice yeah it was just a bad choice for the time yeah so uh -huh. um yeah I, for me i i actually had to go back and like all right let me because it, it my initial gut reaction, I'll be honest, was, eh, this generation hasn't been great so far. It hasn't been terrible. But you know what? That, I, I, I had to check myself and go and do the homework and then go, no, actually, you know, whether it's, whether it's the, the pandemic kind of clouding my, my memory of it or what, but, like, making a list of everything that they've released or, or pulled off in the last three years it's it's pretty impressive. So, big stuff. Starfield, which, okay, even if it wasn't the 10 out of 10 game we were hoping for, it's still a super fun, very good game that's going to be played for years to come. Uh, and it sold huge. It drove game. It did everything Microsoft wanted it to do in terms of um, in terms of the business side. We got Forza Horizon 5, IGN's 2021 game of the year. And no, I will, if you're sick of hearing me say that every time I say Forza Horizon 5, I will not apologize. I'm just so, so thrilled that that game broke through as, as a, dri you know, a driving game actually got a bunch of non-racing game people yeah. like Brian Altano, like Stella. There's a lot of people in the IGN office that, that finally gave it a try and found like, oh my God, this game's awesome. And so, yes, game of the year, Forza Horizon 5 2021, Halo Infinite, which you got the two, uh, you and Ka have covered. That's, that's just you know, had some ups and downs, but it's done. It's in a great spot, and it 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 was a great game when it launched. Hi-Fi Rush, of course, the the big pleasant surprise we got to start the year. Microsoft Flight Simulator, which okay, even if it's not a game like game game per se, it's still amazing from a technical level. It it lives up to its simulator name. Uh, Psychonauts 2, which okay, that was a multi-platform game, still a Microsoft property, and it Microsoft definitely deserves uh, some credit there because while 
Double Fine, they bought Double Fine in the middle of development, and Double Fine, of course, gets 95% of the credit. Microsoft still was able to take all the financial pressure off of Double Fine with that acquisition and give them a bunch of extra time to get that game polished up and, and allow it to live up to its full potential, which it did. Destin mentioned Forza Motorsport. Uh, Pentiment, I will shout out, even though kind of seems like nobody played that game. I played it. Thank you, Destin. Extremely <laughs> niche, but it, it got a 10 out of 10 from IGN. It got a 10s from other places. By all accounts, amazing game. Uh, Grounded, which Stella mentioned. Game Pass getting better all the time, which Stella mentioned. And t two other notable things that happened during the first three years of this generation. The Bethesda acquisition, which, okay, it was announced... In late 2020, technically in September, you know, a couple, it was like a month and a half before the generation started. It closed, officially closed during this generation. And then, of course, the Activision Blizzard acquisition, which Destin mentioned earlier. So that's a lot that Microsoft has pulled off uh, in the first three years of this generation. And to, to Destin's point, it's set up a pretty bright remaining, uh, what, probably five years of the generation. So for me, I will say, I just don't think, I'm not sure Microsoft can ever top the first three years of the Xbox 360. I hope they do, because it would mean we're eating real good. But uh, 2005, they launched with Call of Duty 2. You had Condemned. You had uh, Project Gotham, which Ka mentioned. 2006, you had Dead Rising, which was an exclusive. You had... Uh, Gears of War, which Ka mentioned as well, which was a, a system-defining title. You had The Elder Scrolls for Oblivion, which was this insane next-generation leap, also an ex exclusive on Xbox 360 for about a year. 2007, one of the greatest gaming years of all time. Mass Effect, Halo 3, Rock Band, Call of Duty 4. Okay, you know, this is a couple that are not exclusive in here, but uh, Bioshock, which Khalif mentioned. Just... An endless run of amazing things in 07. And so, the, but the first three years would even take you to through 08. And 08 was, gosh, I didn't even bother listing all this out. Anyway, I don't think any, anything tops the first three years of the 360. Uh, and then I would put the original Xbox next because that was only four years. That console only got a four-year oh, yeah. life cycle. And... All four were really good. It was really kind of the first year was probably the the worst, where it was it was just Halo for a while, uh, but Halo being as incredible as it was. But then we got Xbox Live launching. We had uh, Mech Assault. We had the XSN Sports stuff that was really good, like Top Spin and Lynx Golf. You had uh, Rainbow Six Three, which was an incredible Xbox Live multiplayer game. Halo Two, of course, in 04. In that first three-year window, you had three Splinter Cells in the first four years. The first three Splinter Cells, which are all incredible, especially the first one and Chaos Theory. So uh, 360 is the best first three years, then OG Xbox, then the Series X and Series S, as, as we just laid out, has had a great first three years. And then the Xbox One, uh, so that's how I have them ranked. But it's been a good first three years. And as Destin uh, really pointed out so well, the, the the next several are really set up to be to be excellent. In fact, just to before I move on to the next segment, 
just to further give Microsoft some flowers here, the major features of this generation, let's look at them. Have we gotten faster loading times like they promised? Absolutely. That is unequivocally uh, been a, probably maybe the single best quality of life thing across the board this generation. Ray tracing, okay, maybe we're not quite there on the ray tracing yet. <laughs> yeah, Forza's got it. There's a few things that have it, but that's not maybe not something that's making a, a big, big difference yet like we'd, we were hoping it would. It's always been a gimmick. 60 <laughs> frames per second in more and more of our games. Yeah, I think we're getting that. Like, okay, yeah, Starfield was a super vast megascope 30 frames per second game, which upset some people ahead of launch. I think since it's launched, everybody just, is just playing the game and enjoying it and not really worrying too much about it. But yeah, we've gotten 60 frames per second either as the default or as an option on a lot of games this generation. Quick resume. Quick resume has delivered. Would we agree that that's an, mm -hmm. a, an awesome, another great quality of life feature? Uh, reasonably priced additional storage. Now, we're, we definitely <laughs> are still paying way too much for those expansion cards, uh, which you, you kind of need at this point because what, what, how, how big is Call of Duty Modern Warfare oh my 3 God, still? I, uh, 200. 166 gigs. I thought it was 200. Oof. I thought I read 200, like Khalif just said. Oh, I'm sorry. That's just the update today is 144 That's gigs. What? Oh. Yes. Every update. Wait, wait, what did you just say? The update is 144 gigabytes? Which is the full, you have to re download the whole oh, thing. Oh, for God's sake. Oh. Yeah, it's, it, it's some process of like, it, they're slowly making it smaller in, to oversize, but it requires a huge update. So every time I'm like, oh, there's an event, I will get to it in half a day. <laughs> RIP to anybody that has a bandwidth cap yeah. on their internet yes. service provider. It's bad, yeah. It's and and plays Call of Duty. My God. All right. Um, smart delivery. It's kind of not really a thing anymore. It was more for the transitional phase. But I, I would say, would you all agree that it was, that worked great and delivered good value to Xbox owners those first two, three years? Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. seeing nodding, nodding heads, yes. Mm -hmm. um, and then, as Destin mentioned this a minute ago, backwards compatibility gets a, a huge oh, yeah. yes. And, and not just because, as Destin said, that, that the Series X has done just a great job of, of offering backwards compatibility for a lot of stuff, but stuff like the FPS boost has actually improved a lot of those older games as well. So... Um, also, like the 4K textures that are just sort of there for a lot of the games, it's it's really, it's really really cool what they managed to do with backwards compatibility. They did announce that all the games that were being uh, added have been added at this point, so it's sort of at its cap. But I I think they deserve a lot of props for that. I know Game Pass didn't launch with this console or anything though, but I think launching with 300 games easily accessible and the way the service has evolved i i do think that is also notable you're absolutely right and, yeah because one one last yeah. thing on that i'm sorry yeah. to, to to jump in on that another thing that i don't think a lot of xbox fans understand and that they don't get a lot of credit for is the accessibility layer that they have had over over the past year uh, not year but the past couple of years no other company has gone in as hard as they have on accessibility with the accessibility controller and all those layers uh, within. Uh, they've done a fantastic job on that end. You are so right, Khalif. Thank you for pointing that out because uh, 
I mean, could, I think it could be argued, and not not that it's a competition because accessibility is something that every game, every developer, every platform holder should fully embrace, and, and it seems like they are. But I think it's fair to say that Microsoft has led the way on that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you had, like I said, the the the, um, the Xbox uh, adaptive controller. Mm -hmm came out and has been great. And Sony is only just now following suit with theirs, which there's uh, why I'm here is great too, which again is a good thing, but yeah, Microsoft leading the way there. And then on the software side, uh, you're so right, Ka, cause I, my mind goes back to, sorry, but Forza Horizon five again was, I believe the first game to ever have ASL built into it. Am I, I believe that's correct. Khalifa's so. nodding. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, the, we've seen accessibility efforts across the board kind of have to follow Microsoft's lead on that. So excellent shout on that as well. So it's been a good first three years. Here's the next three. I mean, the next three won't be the whole generation. It's going to be the kind of, we're, we're heading into the middle of it now. Yeah. Uh, which, which, as Destin kind of set up really well, mean, means this, this, this heart of it should be really, really good based on everything Microsoft's got cooking. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event, no more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash U-N-L-O-C-K-D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash Unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
Another thing cooking that Destin's really excited about is Mass Effect 5. We had N7 day this week, Destin, and um, we were drip-fed little six-second snippets of a trailer until we finally had the whole trailer. And even that's only 30 seconds. But Destin, uh, what did we learn about Mass Effect 5 this week from N7 day? And, and what are sort of now the big speculative pieces and and how are you feeling about it so i'm very excited about it this looks like not in engine this looks like an unreal engine render we do know it's being developed in that uh game engine i love the sound effects there are little snippets of sounds from the original game when you would go to the planets and sort of be exploring so it starts out with that and it kind of mixes all the original soundtrack together there were distress signals from andromeda during the the teaser phase and that has me really excited in the image that was released on social media yeah with this sort of cool cloak that this character is wearing or or longer jacket um there's a bunch of images and it looks like we see omega in the imagery and we see i think there's an angaran in there which is a, a new species that was revealed in the mass effect andromeda footage or mass effect andromeda game um we don't know much more than that and i haven't had a time to dive into all of the little details but the access access codes were epsilon uh andromeda and defiance oculon was mentioned so people are hypothesizing that 2819 is the year that the alliance arrives in the Andromeda galaxy so some of that's coming into play long story short though i'm incredibly excited about this new mass effect entry i'm curious to learn more the only thing that's a little unfortunate about all this is there is the footnote of the former employees who were let go of bioware and the large lawsuit that looms because of their unfair pay and just the legal argument that's ongoing between bioware and their former employees who worked on this project yeah um now i did see a developer one of the developers on mass effect destin did say that 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 was an in-engine trailer oh really? not necessarily gameplay i you know there's always yeah. that weird line mm -hmm. of in-engine but i mean well, we have we have seen on <laughs> yeah you can make trailers in unreal so right, sure and, it's in it's in the unreal engine which like, is what movie people use to make movies well, and, and if, I you've, guess. if you've played yeah. uh immortals of avium just as one of the first unreal engine i guess lords of the fallen mm -hmm. but I, I haven't played that but in in immortals of avium like the the cutscenes look the in-engine cutscenes look incredible so like i when they say that that that's when Bioware says that's an in-engine trailer, I have I fully expect that yeah the game is is will look like that like it's going to look that good and especially when yeah. we we know that this game's not probably not coming for at oh, least wow. a couple of years if not more than that. Um, we got to see so, where Dragon Age is going to land. I do not think that's a human character. I think that character does not look humanoid to me. It looks yep. more like uh, Tally's race. I'm blanking on all the, the different races and classes in the in the game, but uh, I actually think it's Thane or mm. a relative of Thane in some sort. One of my favorite characters in the trilogy, Thane was introduced in Mass Effect 2. Of course, 
uh, well, I won't go play the legendary edition if you haven't yet. It's phenomenal. And I'm leaning towards that, but it could also be Tally's daughter or son. Who knows? What's Destiny? <laughs> what's the, what's the, there, I saw speculation about, about, uh, Liara on this. Like, is that, so Liara, Liara was in the original teaser. This right. doesn't, this character is too thin to be Liara. Okay. Liara is also much older in the original teases. So I, I don't believe that this is Liara. Okay. I believe that this is a, a different species. Perhaps that will be one of the options Like you can play as different uh, species in, from the universe. And this is just the one that they're deciding to go with. Uh, I really, really love this design. Mm -hmm. I think this design is so cool looking. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's Liara. Liara, in the original teaser, she uncovers the N7 logo. And I think the idea is that Shepard is somehow brought back after being gone since the events of Mass Effect 3. For hundreds of years at that yeah. point, right? <laughs> yeah. so, uh, Khalif, we, you know, for the, for the amount of time that you've been with us here, which has been so awesome, I don't think we've had a chance to, to establish your sort of Mass Effect fan credentials. Are you, are you a big Mass Effect guy? Yeah, I mean, I, I played a lot up until Andromeda. Uh, I mean, the, the first part of the trilogy is something that has stayed with me and is like sunken into my head for, for every God knows how many years now. It's been 16 years since the first game uh, at this point. You know, I have constant conversations about who was for the genophage and who was not for the genophage and who were the people who were the evil ones and who were the bad. There's a lot of conversations in there about Mass Effect in, in that respect. So yeah, big, big fan of the series and, and excited for some parts of what we're going to see in the in the new game. Um, if you were to ask me, am I actually excited for what it's going to wind <laughs> up being? I'm going to give you a, a weird answer. And the answer is no. I'm Go kind on. of okay. I'm kind of done with Mass Effect, to be honest. Like, I want Bioware to work on something different. Again, it's been 16 years since the first game. I think the st what, I'm, what I'm really actually excited about is I want to see where the technology takes us. I want to see what they do with Unreal 5. The thing I think that, that Bioware does really, really well that influences other studios is the way that they build story, the way they do narrative, the way they kind of incorporate those things from a gameplay perspective. But if you were to tell me right now, like, this is going to basically be what you've known from the Mass Effect series and the way that conversations happen and the way that those kind of uh, uh, dialogue trees work and all that kind of stuff, I'm kind of tapped out on that, on mm -hmm. that part of of gameplay. I, I thought about that a lot during my time with Baldur's Gate. I thought about that a lot during my time with Starfield. Um, I, I love those characters in Mass Effect, but I also am kind of done with the, the series. I want something different and new and fresh that is not going to tread on a lot of the things that we already have known uh, and where you need to kind of be a part of that canon to really enjoy it. So yeah, I, it, I'm excited for the technology layers of it, but not excited for the game yet. And, and Until they show me something and show me some gameplay, that really blows me away. I'm not really hyped on. That's fair. I mean, in, I will say though, Ka, they did try something new. It was called Anthem, and it didn't really work. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're, but you know what though? That was also I felt like one of those like too early for its own good kind of deals. Yeah. Like I think if that you know again, we'll see what happens when Motive makes their Iron Man game because that will be the the successor to what that game could have been in right. a real way. Uh, but yeah, I, I want new stuff. 
I want, I want new things. No more old stuff. Stella? So I came into the Mass Effect universe kind of late, and I started with two because the person I was with at the time had a PS3, and I was playing it. I was just like, yeah, sure, why? I'll give this game a try. It's already loaded in here, and I was like, oh, no, I love it. And I actually romanced Thane and Kelly, and this was my first time in a game where I was like, you can romance people? I have this choice, which is really funny now after playing Baldur's Gate. I'm like, oh, this is this is the expansive world. So for me, I would love more Mass effect um i did not play or look at andromeda at all i think that was just like a time at a time where i was playing other things and it just kind of passed me by um i i think a complete reboot or or a complete new storyline with a new character would be really cool also if you can pick any race or any species that would be amazing like are you kidding me being able to do that in Baldur's gate i was like no this is the rpg experience that i want and i feel like that'd be so cool with mass effect because i mean even at starfield i was like wait why do i have to be human this is so boring let me be something else you know so honestly if anything playing starfield made me want another mass effect game because i was like i want this sort of expansive like already settled in world where you know space travel's been a thing other species are already integrated into the world really heavily uh and i i, I really want to get back into a game like this where it's not just about space exploration but it's about the relationships you can make across the galaxy yeah and i'm very much ready for a game like that because that like mass effect 2 i loved that game so much and i didn't expect to like it as much as i did so yeah i'm, I'm very excited for a new mass effect me too um I was thinking about this when I watched this teaser. I, other than Grand Theft Auto 6, which we're going to talk about in about two minutes, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure there's another game sequel that that has a higher ceiling for me personally in terms of making me happy than this. Because mm. I also love the the Mass Effect. I mean, I'm not I don't I'm not at the Destin level where I've played it like seventy thousand times. Uh, full respect to Destin on that, but. The thing that stays with me about Mass Effect to this day is that BioWare set out to make, they said ahead of time, we're trying to make a space opera. And I thought they absolutely achieved that right from Mass Effect 1 and then carried it into 2, carried it into 3. And I just feel like we've, not that there aren't other great role-playing games, both before Mass Effect and since, I mean, my favorite RPG ever, to the, still to this day, is the game that the Mass Effect team made right before Mass Effect, which is Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. That is my favorite RPG of all time. Uh, but Mass Effect 1 specifically is right there for me. And, and just that they, they completely nailed the space opera thing from... from Every piece of it, the as you as you said, Stella, the the relationship aspects of it, the story was so great, particularly in the first one. The the music was always so great. I know Destin talks a lot about that kind of seventies sci-fi synth the, music. The outro track is so good. Yeah, um, and even and the art direction too, just the look of it, and everything comes together in Mass Effect so well that if they can re-channel that uh now a common sentiment out online which is fair totally fair is well most of that original development team is gone mm. and that's absolutely correct well, but on, on on that front yes. Koss said he wants to see what they can do working on a new ip well go see what casey hudson's team is doing and go see what aaron's team is doing because they're both working on new ips 
So mm. if you're looking for that from former Bioware devs, it's coming. <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there. Sorry. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, but what I would say is that I, what I hope is going to happen is an id software situation. And I know I've made this, I've brought this up before for other things, but most, the, the original doom is probably my favorite game of all time. Or if it's, it's, it's that or super Mario brothers three, it's one of those two. Um, and, and the original group of id software developers that made doom, doom two quake, quake two, quake three, like they're all gone. They're basically, basically all gone. But then you had a new generation of talent that came in to id software and made Doom 2016 and kept the spirit of the originals, but completely modernized it uh, in, in a fresh, original, fun way. And that is exactly what I'm hoping for with Mass Effect 5, is that it's going to be this new generation of Bioware developers. Because much has been written, uh, and justifiably so, about the, the, the toxic workplace culture at, at old Bioware, uh, and obviously, you know, that's got to be cleaned up. So this this is a new Bioware in every sense of the word, both culture-wise and the actual personnel there. Uh, so I, I, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic that this Mass Effect, because I, I think Bioware knows how much is riding on mm -hmm. this game. And, and Dragon Age is going to come first. But, but Mass Effect specifically, there's so much riding on it. Like, if... I mean, I... I I don't want to see this happen, but I'll, I, so I'm, let me clarify, I'm not rooting for anything I'm about to say, but if Dragon Age, uh, what's it called again? Something wolf, wolf, oh, whatever. Anyway, yes. if the new Dragon Age were to disappoint critically, commercially, or both. Dreadwolf. Thank you. Yeah. And then if Mass Effect 5 were to follow suit and also disappoint critically and or commercially, I think that 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 would put the risk of of EA just shutting that studio down because it's a it's a big studio it's it's probably an expensive studio I mean it's in Edmonton so not the most expensive place compared to you know San Francisco studios or New York studios or LA studios but um, I, I'm not I'm not suggesting that the drag that the Dragon Age and Mass Effect are like they they will. That, that it's like put up or shut up, but I think that that risk is there and um, I think that's that's on the table. So, uh, and I'm sure on some level, the Bioware crew knows that or at least senses that, but I want it to be great and I hope I hope it is. It's probably going to be a while though. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we'll see. Ryan, I, I don't think that the critical aspect is as important because if you look at sales, we know that Mass Effect 2 sold 5 million copies, I believe. And I'm just looking at an article from Game Rant. Andromeda sold 5 million. Oh. Anthem sold 5 million. So even if a game is panned critically, they're still selling. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know that they shut down the studio. Like even Mass Effect 3 was super controversial. That did 7 million. So I, I'm not sure that even a, a critical miss would do that studio in or even two mm -hmm. I, I don't know what they would do at that point, well i hope i hope you're right I, I don't again don't want to see the studio <laughs> shut down at all but mm. but they i think everybody would agree that there, it's been a rocky ride for bioware over the last i mean basically since mass effect 3 
since that whole ending controversy broke, <laughs> it's been there have been a lot of challenges and a lot of bumps in the road for for Bioware along the way. Um, now, thankfully, they're they're back on an upswing with as Destin was was keen to point out with, with Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Everybody loved it. They did a great job on it. And so hopefully this is, we've seen the rock bottom of Bioware and we're gonna go, we're, we're heading back on the ascent now. Um, and hopefully it'll be higher with, with Dreadwolf and then higher still with Mass Effect 5. Yeah, Legendary Edition sales were well above expectations, according to EA. So yeah, it's almost it's almost as if sign. people love those video games and and bringing them back to modern <laughs> platforms in a good doing a good job uh, of that is something people wanted. I mean, they was, have a, I have that a was whole a great day. collection. Yeah, there is a whole day for Mass Effect. I, I'm not gonna. This is gonna be a controversial thing to say. I think Mass Effect is kind of too big to fail at this point. Hmm. I, I like not to jinx the studio, but I think like the 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 way people are in love with this series and have been for a, a whole again almost almost two decades, like there are going to be people who are going to buy this just because it's Mass Effect, regardless of where it lands. I think so. I I, I don't I don't think this is going to be in a bad spot, no matter where it kind of falls. Well, if it's if it doesn't live up to the original trilogy, in terms of quality, it's. There's only so many times you can get your audience to keep coming back if, if you do let them down that way. So I, I, I think the main problem with Andromeda is the story was bad. I, I don't remember anything about that story. You go to a new place with a bunch of people and you're trying to set up a home base and then some bad guy shows up and you kill the <laughs> bad guy and then they never did the DLC with the Quarians. That's what their race is. Mm -hmm. um, so like... It was just so dull. <laughs> it just felt like they were, I don't know. I just really was disappointed with that story. Everybody was, I think. I mean, not, yeah. you know, it's, it wasn't a bad game. It was just a... a Miranda liked it. It was a mediocre Mass Effect game, not a bad That's video game. That's a good game. way to put it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The That's, mediocre mm -hmm. Mass Effect game, mm -hmm. which yeah. isn't good enough because the original trilogy is beloved and amazing. So... All right, yeah. uh, let's talk GTA 6 here before we scoot out the door. Grand Theft Auto 6, uh, credit to, uh, what was it? Was it, uh, Kai, you may remember this. Was it from uh, the Prey leaks that, that Jason Schreier got back in the day where, where they, they, they referred to him in an email as the, the press sneak F-U-C-K. Oh, yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a badge yeah, yeah. that I'm sure I... Jason wears proudly. Um, oh, my God. Jason yeah, struck again true. with, uh, with a, a massive <laughs> scoop la last night as we sit here and record this. And uh, saying uh, he's from, he had sources close to the project that told him that Grand Theft Auto 6 was going to be announced as soon as this week with a trailer in December because December happens to be the 25th anniversary of Rockstar. So uh, that reporting from Jason at Bloomberg, the response from Rockstar was to, to go ahead and own it. Rockstar founder Sam Hauser released a statement this morning, Wednesday morning, uh, which on just onto Twitter, 
and well, there was an email blast sent out too. Anyway, it said in 1998, Rockstar Games was founded on the idea that video games could come to be as essential to culture as any other form of entertainment. And we hope that we have created games you love and our efforts to be part of that evolution. We are very excited to let you know that in early December, we will release the first trailer for the next Grand Theft Auto. We look forward to many more years of sharing these experiences with all of you. Khalif Adams. Will this happen at the Game Awards? Because I believe there is a case to be made either way. A thousand percent. Like, I think this is going to be the thing that Jeff Keighley has as the feather in his cap for what would be the biggest reveal on a Game award show. Uh, probably... God, since maybe, I don't know, maybe since the kind of stealth reveal, and maybe I'm getting this wrong, of the Xbox Series X, like maybe, maybe this is that thing that is the crown crown jewel in the like world premiere stuff. It, it gets a little bit broken because now people kind of have an expectation for it. Right. Uh, because it lines up with the idea of like early, uh, early in the, in the year, I'm sorry, early in the month of December. So I, it's gonna, I, it has to, it has to hit. Like, if it doesn't, that's going to be such a weird thing if it doesn't, but I, I feel like it probably just has to. I, I, have a re I have reasons for why I think it doesn't, but I want to hear from the panel first. Destin? Uh, yeah, yeah. You think it won't be at the Game I, Awards? I, well, uh, reasons why it wouldn't be if it's, if it's not, but, uh, but go ahead. Do you think it will I think be there? They, I think it'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. No. But, well, I mean, like, they did the PC version. They've often partnered with keely to do reveals so i don't think it would be totally unheard of to have another reveal during the game awards do they need the game awards no okay. i also think whatever we see at the game awards will be short yeah That's... we'll get something oh, yeah, bigger sure. later stella game awards yeah i definitely think they they probably feel a ton of pressure right now to probably release it at the Game Awards because, again, they don't know what other competition is going to put out that day, right? So it's like, do you take the risk and not publish it with the Game Awards alongside all of the other major uh, announcements that could happen? Uh, or do you, you know, do you take the risk and publish it on your own, which they could probably do a little bit later into the, uh, into the month. But it makes a lot of sense to launch with the Game Awards or at least have the, the small teaser then. Um, I totally agree that we're not going to see much. I mean, I, I definitely feel like they were pressured by, you know, people who are leaking things and people who are leaking any details that they're just like, you know what, we got to put something out there so that we can own it. So I definitely think there's a lot of pressure there. So, you know, December 7th, that's pretty early into the month. It makes sense. So, yeah. So I will say I, I agree with all of you in that I think that is the most likely scenario. Yeah. Although if, it, if that is happening, why wouldn't they just say... Tune into True. the Game Awards. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's that piece of it. The other piece of it is something that uh, I believe it was, I don't know if it was Khalif or Destin, but wisely pointed out that Rockstar does not need the Game Awards. That the Game Awards mm -hmm. is a great platform for a lot of developers, big and small, but of anybody in the world, Rockstar can do this on their own. And they have before. They always traditionally have. The other, the other reason I think that uh, they might go on their own is because, and, and <laughs> I don't know, this, this might seem weird to say, but I think it, every other developer and publisher that's committed to the Game Awards gets real pissed off if, if GTA 6 is at this thing, because mm. it doesn't matter if it's the first reveal, 
in the beginning of the show or the last one, it it's GTA 6 will be all anyone is talking about if it's at the Game Awards. Every other game will be completely overshadowed. I don't care how big or how small that game is. So that that is not going to do the other developers and publishers that Jeff has all these relationships with that he makes all these things happen with. It's not going to make them happy. Uh, when you combine that with Rockstar having always done their own thing in the past, I just think it might not be the. And, and, and as I said, they would have. Why didn't they just say Game Awards? Stay yeah, tuned to the Game true. Awards. There's no, you know. I, so I am not sold that it's Game Awards yet. I agree with the, all of you though that it's still the most likely thing given that they said early December and Game Awards is early December, but. Um, I just can't wait to see the trailer. Whenever, whenever and wherever the heck it premieres, I, I've maintained forever. I've said it a million times on this podcast. I think Grand Theft Auto V is one of the 10 best video games ever made, period. And mm -hmm. 6 will have insane expectations. Every GTA has, but it's now been 10 years since 5. So I don't know, you know if you can even possibly live up to that. Uh, wow. The, the others have managed to vice city from three and San Andreas from vice city and four from San Andreas and five from four. But I don't, I don't know if six can do it, but I can't <laughs> wait to see him try. Um, so yeah, we shall see grand theft auto six, one way or the other coming, at least the reveal, the official announcement coming very soon. We'll obviously have a lot to talk about when that happens. It's been 10 years That's since wild. GTA five. Yeah. My goodness. 10 years since, yep. since the release of five. Yeah. And, and it's going to end up being at least 11 or 12 between. I know. Yeah. <laughs> between <actual laughs> All right. Uh, we have got to get going here. We've run out of time for this week's episode. Khalif, where can everybody find you? Give us a reminder. Uh, more spawn on me uh, on all podcast feeds, doing some cool stuff on Spotify. We're, we're, we're creeping up on our 500th show. That's going to happen in probably another two weeks or so. Uh, so trying to get something together for a nice little, little retrospective on, on that episode and, and dig through the, the, the annals of, uh, of Bricago, uh, to get some stuff there. So yeah, make sure you're checking us out there on Twitch, uh, on TikTok, and all the other places that we reside. Oh, congratulations on that 500. That's amazing. That's, uh, Thank that's you very huge. Much. Yeah. Destin. Yeah, you can check me out, of course, on IGN.com. You can check out my personal stuff, YouTube.com slash the Destin channel. That's what I got for you, Ryan. And be sure to tune into the Game Awards right here on IGN. <laughs> yes, we will have it for you along with that pre and post show live with Destin Legary. Stella? Yeah, uh, well, this weekend I'm going to be super busy, uh, but I will be trying to live stream some of my playtime on the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 multiplayer because I'm doing the review for that. So if you want to get some of my firsthand and initial impressions while I'm cursing at the game, you can watch that on Twitch or YouTube and then see my official review next week. So, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, the campaign did not fare well on IGN.com. <laughs> Four out of ten review yeah. on IGN. Yeah. That's down. Nobody in, liked it. That's down in Call of Duty ghost territory. And in fact, from what I'm hearing, it's worse than ghost. Because I, I put up a tweet about this saying exactly this, and I got a lot of people saying, I liked ghosts. Did you though? I, it's, a, it's, it's all right if you did. It's You're allowed to like things, but it sounds like uh, Modern Warfare 3, it's clearly 
built from it was built as DLC that got plussed up into a full thing and it just sounds like it did not come together at least in the campaign department stay tuned for Stella's review on the multiplayer side uh, as for me I'm on x at dmc underscore ryan I am playing Alan Wake 2 right now and loving every minute of it I'm having a blast with it just kind of just soaking it in taking my time I'm still relatively early it is I had to remind it reminded me that I'm not great with scary games because i only play at night right <laughs> after my no! daughter goes to bed like i don't have time to play during the day i'm i'm doing this stuff okay and so i'm playing it at night and it's just like come on do we need the spooky like you can't even yell and... because your daughter's asleep <laughs> no, yeah it's <laughs> you have to suffer in silence it's, it's like, i just get those Muffled like screams yeah the chills that go down like no i don't can i just play this during the day please but i never have time for that <laughs> anyway the game's great and i can't wait to play more so uh for our producer, Jobert, behind the video wall there. For Stella, Khalif, and Destin, I'm Ryan. This was Podcast Unlocked, episode 620. And we'll see you back here next week. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.